Christmas is just two days away. And as you um, anticipate, I'd like to say this is the uh, wonderful season for my life and my family as well. And growing up, there's so many good, fond memories about Christmas, too. But over the years, we realize, as we look into the scripture, I think number one thing that robs us from the true joy of Christmas is distraction. Not necessarily bad things, but distraction. There are four common distractions in Christmas. The first one is gifts. Christmas gifts are a wonderful tradition. Um, and I've given few gifts already. And this morning I brought some gifts for some people as well. It's such a joyful time. And to receive a gift that has just drenched with love and care, oh, it's so good. But our obsession and materialism prevents us from the joy of the gift of God that God has given us. The second distraction is busyness. And obviously, along with the materialism and gifts, um, I get headache when I go shopping more these days. The line, and even at Costco, there was a long line. So I'm trying to get to Target at a certain time, and uh, Costco at a certain time. <laughs> Avoiding shopping malls, because I hate that distraction of just busyness. But it's not only that. If Christians were not, there are company Christmas parties, and there are relatives Christmas party, there are extended clubs um, Christmas parties, church Christmas party, and Christmas pageant. Uh, to be quite honest with you, a lot of times the churches are too filled with too, too many things uh, around this time. So oftentimes when people find out I'm a pastor, oh, this must be a really busy season. And actually, one thing that we did from the beginning of Crossway is to keep it simple and quiet this season. So this is a quiet season for me as well as our church. Uh, number three distraction, I see it is unrealistic expectations. Uh, I know some of you were born here and grew up in Southern California. <clears throat> Maybe those of you who are from the East Coast or a person like me, I was born in Korea and grew up until my early teen years. So Christmas to me, not to mention white Christmas, but it has to be cold. So even on Christmas Day, it's sunny and like I'm wearing 
short sleeves and maybe Christmas is coming some other day. I'm bummed because it's hot out there. <laughs> and some traditions, right? You know, there's a sentimental side of me. Christmas time, there are few movies that I'd like to see. And one of them is Holiday Inn by Dean Crosby. And some of you know it's, it used to be black and white. They uh, made it color. Um, another one is Sound of Music. Sound of Music is probably my early childhood and growing up most, one of the most impressionable movie that I ever seen. So Christmas time, for some reason, Sound of Music br brings so much memory. I have four sons. They're all teenagers. I bribe them to watch the whole movie with me, and none of them, they stayed for a few minutes and up to a certain, it is a long movie, I, I understand. <laughs> but none of them At least with me. <laughs> I wasted so much money on that. <clears throat> and the downside of quiet, hidden side of Christmas is in America, and maybe all around the world, where the Christmas is celebrated, this is... One of the most difficult times that people struggle with depression. Maybe loss of a loved one, maybe pain and suffering, they are in hospital bed. Some type of realistic, unrealistic expectation that makes us be even more depressed than usual. And fourth and last one is self-preoccupation. Um, the true joy of Christmas is shown in God giving us freely, selflessly, his only son with joy. And our joy, it comes from that. And this joy is forgotten when we are self-preoccupied. How I feel about things, and we sometimes feel entitled for entertainment. Um, you know, watching uh, football all day long or watching some die-hard movie, you know, all day long series. not getting enough about what we feel like to have as our own pleasure and joy. But I ask you this, now, for those of you who consider yourself as a Christ follower, and at least you are visiting with us and worshiping the Lord with us, 
I'm glad the question about uh, Christmas is uh, going beyond some superficial statements. You, you heard that, and you might have said that too. Jesus is the reason for the season. Yes. But what does that mean? And today's scripture actually gives us three specific truths. Should I say three specific reasons for Christmas joy? Why joy comes from Christmas? Allow me to read the text as we begin in Matthew 1 18 to 25. Another uh, birth of Jesus story is recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, we actually uh, meditated on that last year. And this year, I want to focus on Matthew 1, starting with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her hus husband Joseph, being a just man, just man, and an unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He called his, his name Jesus. There are three simple yet profound truths in this passage. An angel's um, announcement. The first one is the name Jesus. The second one is the reality of Emmanuel. If Jesus was a personal name, Emmanuel was symbolic name. And third, the virgin birth. These are three foundational truths for Christmas joy. The true joy of Christmas. Let's begin with number one. The first truth of Christmas joy is in the name of Jesus. Do you see that? Verse 21 says, She shall, this is angel's announcement, She will bear a son, and you shall call, him, call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. A little bit of a background. When 
Joseph was betrothed to Mary, uh, in our culture, engagement could be broken off the split second of decision, and nothing matters anymore. But in their culture, being betrothed to someone is as if they're married in all legal terms. The only way to break that engagement, betrothed, being betrothed to someone, is a divorce process. And Joseph find out Mary was with the child. A big problem. In the ESV, English Standard Version says, Joseph was a just man. Another translation, righteous man. So people think that uh, maybe he's nice enough to not make a big deal and put shame on Mary when he was going to divorce her anyway. But if we look at the culture a little more deeply, and we find out Joseph was righteous man or just man because he was devoted to keep the law of the Lord, the Old Testament law, which means he has to go through divorce. He cannot be with someone who has been impure. But with a good heart, he wanted to do it quietly. And that's the moment Angel showed up. And Joseph, she is with child, conceived by the Holy Spirit. So go ahead and marry and take her. What we just saw, the just the little Christmas story. And then she said, she will bear a son. You shall call him his name, Jesus. The name Jesus is a transliteration of the Old Testament Hebrew word Joshua. In, in, in correct pronunciation of Hebrew word, it will be Yeshua. And Yeshus will be the right, correct way of saying in uh, Greek. Which means Joshua means God saves. The name Jesus was given because God will save his people from the sin. Jesus will save his people from, from their sins. Who are Jesus' people? Israelite, Jews, come to our mind. But and yet, John chapter 1 and says, he came to his own, but they received him not. They re rejected him. So in reality, the word his people refers to all those who believe in Jesus as their Savior and Lord. People including like you and me. From their sin. He will save us from our sins. To, to, to those who, from all those who believe in Jesus, 
And let, let's be quite frank, uh, just think out loud on this. If we're going through some practical problems, like financial problems, we could be deep disappointed. Oh, just from my sin, and, and very impractical and just way out there, I need a savior that takes away my debt. Maybe you have a loved ones who are very sick, very cancer. I need a savior who could take away this sickness and heal my dad, heal my uncle, my aunt from this sin, I mean from this cancer. And do you realize it? When you hear the word our sin, this is the most foundational human problem ever. This problem doesn't end even if you die physically. It will continue on. You will stand at the judgment seat of God. The wrath of God will be upon you because he is holy, without sin, transcendent. Light cannot coexist with darkness. But if you have struggled or struggling with any kind of struggle, foundational struggle in your life, your depravity, your sin, or your tendency towards sin. And this is a true good, truly a good news. Jesus came to save us from our sin. No longer we will be enslaved by the things that we do not want to do, but we keep doing. The very nature that we struggle with, by default, we are, I am, self-centered. The nature of human nature, fallen nature, is wicked because we cannot think of others first, by default. We think of our, our own good. The preoccupation, self-preoccupation comes with that as well. Have you ever been freed from your sin? The sense of penalty of sin and the power of sin is removed because of Jesus' power to save us from our sin? Nothing like it. I was a teenager, 13, when I sensed full load of sin is lifted, up, lifted from me because of Jesus taking my sin upon him, dying on the cross, shedding every single precious drop of his blood for my sin and yours. If you look at my teenage picture, um, I, I, I hope to get some <clears throat> agreement with you guys. I look gentle, nice right now. My teenage pictures, not. I, I I was in <laughs> I was in fights a lot and I was in rough crowd and gang fights and then 
what not to do around that time of my middle school year is you don't smile, like a James Dean type of thing. <laughs> to smile is to show your weakness to others. But I remember having felt the lifted, the, the burden of my sin is lifted away because if Jesus took it away, I was smiling. I couldn't stop smiling whole month. Some of my friends thought that I wasn't high on something. This is true joy. Do you have this joy? Salvation from your sin? Freedom from your sin? Guilt? Including self-condemnation? There's a second truth for Christmas joy, which is in the reality of Emmanuel. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Prophet Isaiah, chapter 9. Behold, the virgin shall receive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So when, as I said before, this is a symbolic name of Jesus. Uh, a lot of modern translations will translate this as this is English standard version. I, I think it, even NIV said God with us. But because it seems so incomplicitous, they will say God is with us. as opposed to God who is with us. Is there a difference? Why are you nitpicking, Paul? Uh, it could be same, but there is a slight difference, but in a very important decision, difference. God could be with us through someone else. God could be with us through the works of other spiritual leaders, prophets. He has with, been with us through scripture. But when you say God who is with us, God took on the flesh of human being, 100% human, not just the 50%. But and yet, he is not 50% God, but 100% God. The incarnate deity came. Why is it important, Paul? Okay, there's the importance in this. Jesus came to save us, but no man can save any human being. It has to be God. So God came in human flesh, which is the idea of big theological term is incarnation. But and yet, only God can save us from our sin. So it has to be God. 
But and then, if God, Jesus was only God, he cannot redeem our sin, sins because the penalty of sin is death. If Jesus was a mere human being, that he has own he has own death to pay as a penalty. So he came as a God man. Let me clarify that. I I I got went ahead a little bit on that. If Jesus was a mere man, he cannot save us from our sin. It has to be God. But if God is Jesus only God, he cannot save us because we need a redeemer, someone who can take our place to die, to pay the penalty of our sin. So he has to be man. This is mind-boggling truth. You know, the, one of the primary reasons why Jews cannot come to Jesus Christ is because they stumble over this fact. They're still waiting for human Messiah. But and yet, they said, because God is such a transcendent being, he cannot be mere man. I stuck with that. The only, by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, we can open our eyes to see this simple truth. We sing this Christmas hymn, Carol, and they play on the radio all the Heart the Herald angels sing. Charles Wesley wrote it in 1739. Listen to the words. In the second stanza, he says, Christ, by highest heaven award, adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time, beholding, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the God hath seen. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh dwell, to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. This is the truth that we need to cling to. So Jesus, the baby was given the name Jesus because he came to save his people from, his sin, from their sins. And in order, for, in order for him to save his people from their sins, he not only has to be man, but he has to be God. But thirdly, truth for Christmas uh, joy is the virgin birth of Jesus. This is all linked together. Verse 28. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Spirit. Why is this important? Not only uh, irreligious, secular people, but even some theologians mock this. 
liberal theologians. Oh, what's this mythical thing about virgin birth? Why is that necessary? Jesus is a good teacher. He came. There's a two, two very important things. Number one is a theological importance. Number two, um, very practical implication for our salvation. Number one, if Jesus was born from the natural birth of man and woman, he would be inheriting the sin nature that Adam had. So in some sense, the virgin birth, the theo theologically, was extremely necessary, evident, inevitably necessary, for Jesus to have no sin, no sin nature. The virgin birth means Jesus was second Adam. God created a human being in the beginning of the uh, universe, and Adam's sin and the fallen nature came into humankind. And Jesus being born from virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, meaning this God part, conceived by the Holy Spirit, but being from the virgin mother meant he is not impacted by the sin nature. Without sin. Why was this necessary? Secondly, when someone died on the cross for our sin, let's imagine your mom loves you so much that you are going to die because of your sin. Penalty of sin is eternal separation from God. And mom said, I'm going to die for you because I love you so much. Well, but you, mom, no matter how willing she might be, she cannot. You're there. He cannot. Why? Your mom and your dad has their own penalty to, to pay because they're sinners themselves. The same way when you think about your children, you want to die for them. But you can't. Because you have your own sin and the penalty to pay as well. When Jesus came through the virgin birth, he came as a sinless man, 100% man, but with no penalty to pay. When he willingly offered himself as a lamb of God, Romans 5, 8 happened. But God demonstrates his own love toward us while we're yet sinners, while we're yet helpless, Jesus Christ died for us. John 1.12, when John the Baptist saw Jesus walking by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away sin of the world. If you were Jewish back then, even now, they will understand instantaneously. Why? The Old Testament sacrifice, spotless, blemish, unblemished lamb was offered as a sin offering once a year, high priest takes that blood. It was a symbolic thing. An actual lamb's blood cannot 
forgive anybody's sin. But it was a foreshadowing of Jesus' death. So when Jesus was walking by and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the Lord, people understood. Do you have this joy? That sinless Lamb of God for your redemption has come. And Jesus, come into my heart, my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Let Christmas joy, it's a lasting joy. Not just the little season of your life, for the rest of your life and into eternity. My invitation to you is that you will open your heart and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Confessing your sins, the way that I live my life on my own and actually, apart from you, the sinful way of living, Lord. Forgive me. Come into my heart and take the throne of my heart and make me the kind of person that you want me to become. Your joy will begin. The journey of joy will begin. Lest we become distracted by other things again from this very foundational, truthful reasons for Christmas joy. Let's hear Martin Lloyd-Jones. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a, a medical doctor turned into a preacher because of his uh, transformation. And he became one of the most pro, uh, prominent preachers of, in England. And that lasting impact in, in the, the following generation, including me. He writes, if you do not believe in the, in the unique deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not a Christian, whatever else you may be. We are not looking at a good man only. We are not interested merely in the greatest teacher world the world has ever seen. We're face to face with the fact that God, the eternal son, has been in this world and that he took upon him human nature and dwelt among us, a man amongst men, God-man. We are to face to face with the mystery and the marvel of the incarnation and of the virgin birth. It is all here, and it shines out in all the fullness of its amazing glory. What manner of man is this? He is more than a man. That is the answer. He is also God. I want to go back as we wrap up this message to those four distractions. And I dare to say, let's restore. This Christmas, 
Let's restore the true joy of Christmas. When it comes to gifts, let's shift our focus from materialistic gifts to the gift, Jesus, who is given by God to save us from our sins. Number two, from business, concerning business, let's be radically unhurried this week. And so that you and I can become more mindful of appreciating the three truths for Christmas joy. If necessary, delete all those special deal, last Christmas deal thing. Abandon any kind of obligatory giving, including to your pastor. I don't need a Starbucks card. You could forget it about it. I'll be happy when you focus on the true joy of Christmas. I mean it. Thirdly, concerning unrealistic expectations, let's turn from our unrealistic expectations of people to hopeful expectation in Christ Jesus who is coming again. Number four and final concerning self-preoccupation. Intentionally let's follow the meaning of true meaning of Christmas joy and shown in Jesus' birth and give ourselves freely, incarnationally to others with joy. When we think about true Christmas spirit, God giving his son freely, but more importantly, incarnationally, God didn't say, Okay, you dirty people come to me to heaven where there's no sin. We're left in brokenness and depravity. God took on our flesh and moved into our lives. What does that mean? That we are taking away from, turning away from self-preoccupation and moving into imperfect people. Broken people, Jesus, people who need Jesus. One of the most joyful time in Christmas time, my, in my memory now, having practiced this, is visiting convalescent hospital, nursing homes, when there is no visitors, and I take so, my son, my sons, and they sing Christmas hymns, Christmas carols in front of them. And because of dementia, they will not focus on you. But as soon as they hear the familiar tune from Christmas hymns, there's tears of joy running down. Why is this? We're not obsessed about ourselves, but when you hold the smelly hand of this sick person, and dying person, people will be literally waiting to die there. 
I'm not asking you to go to another country, give your life for Christ this Christmas. It may be too late for that, right? But we could turn to even to our gardener, even to the people who are in our neighbor. Gentle smile and genuine Christ love. My not, not my love, because I'm going to be disappointed if I, got, if I give my love. Because unrealistic expectation is what? They smile back and they give nice things back to us. But we will experience Jesus' joy when we give ourselves incarnationally without any strings attached. I love you with Christ's love. So in my um, practice, the reason why I love this time of the year is no matter what goes on in my life, I sing this song quietly, and there's a peace, and quiet joy. My life is not perfect. I just want you to know I'm not, I'm not just making this up. Um, I think God had special mercy on me when I was driving up to uh, church this morning. My eyes were twitching a lot. And uh, our, our congregation knows that I've been having that chronic problem, but I'm not twitching. It's incredible. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I went through MRI, and my neurologist said I need to go back to get another MRI with contrast, and I need to get brain MRA. So this is something that I need to go back this coming week or next week. My life is not perfect. But when I sing this song, there is a peace and quiet joy because he is my savior. That he will make someday my body, mortal body, to body like his, the resurrected, immortal body. That I will dwell him, with him, forever and ever. That's the Christian hope. That he is coming again. as King of kings and Lord of lords. This German song was translated to English um, some time ago, and they don't even know exact time and who, but they only uh, around 1816 to 1818, uh, German composer by, by the name of Joseph Moore wrote this. In closing, I would like to invite you to sing with me. Just sing in a cappella. Uh, we'll sing first stanza and second stanza, and we'll go back to the same first stanza again. <clears throat> so.
Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the Savior from our sins, Emmanuel, God, who is with us. And thank you for redeeming our sins, redeeming us from our sins. And thank you for setting us free from the bondage. And thank you, Father, giving your Son as the greatest gift that we could ever give, get, receive. Lord Jesus, be the center of our gathering, of our Christmas season this year. Holy Spirit, remind us these three truths for Christmas joy and help us to spread it 
pray all these things in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.